You're listening to Vocalo Radio. Next up is my conversation with Rico Sisney of Chicago-based hip-hop and soul band Sidewalk Chuck. Rico joined me in studio to talk about the band's new album, An Orchid is Born, and also why it was important to be more explicit with his message of social justice and inequality this time around. Let's listen in. Because my mission is simple, it's for the hill of the hemi, so can you hear me? I need peace like Nina, but it's been El Nino ever since the Nina, Pinta, Santa Maria, Brand, cause I need you. To cleanse the negative health, let everything go, just take hold. Depression, bitterness, friends, I'm getting to know, that's for sure. Grand tranquility, let my limits erode, I give you control, cause you are a giver of souls, the filler of empty souls, the author of infinite growth, growth for my family, for my art, infinite growth. Hey everyone, you are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez, my in-studio guest from Chicago's very own Sidewalk Chalk, Mr. Rico Sisney. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I've been talking to you for as long as I've been at the station, I think. And one of the things that's been interesting for me to see is your activism come to the forefront of your music a little more. At first, I think you were really mindful in how you wanted to present that part of you. You didn't want to be too heavy-handed, at the very least, with your music. Sure. How how are you now with your activism, and how does it now correlate with your music? I think um, part of it is just seeing the world change and feeling like being subtle and nuanced on it or, or trying to have it be kind of under the surface is, is no longer enough. It's not sufficient. It's like when, you know, when our president speaks the way our president speaks and does the things that he does and the, the policies they have, the impacts they have. It's like the the room to to have this like subtle critique on, you know, how <laughs> on 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 the world that we live in is I, I feel like that's um, the space for that is, is less. And it's like we really need to to have really strong words. We need to be really strong advocates for one another because of how much hate, how much how much uh, harmful rhetoric is coming at people. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you have to yell it. You can't whisper it anymore. Something else I think also served the urgency of that message for this album. And it's funny to, to talk to an MC and, and say that this is what's remarkable among many other things. The fact that you're swearing uh, <laughs> to punctuate a lot of these statements is something that stands out because in past releases yeah, you don't swear. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, so tell me about <laughs> that. Tell me why you decided to start swearing, rapper. <laughs> uh, it's funny. The uh, probably the the track that has the most of that is "A Sweet for Black Lives," and none of that was written. That was the that was the part where you know I, I had written this verse and you know felt really good about it and and personally was able to get through some stuff and then also be able to say some things about what's happening currently, reference history. I felt I felt good about it. And then I came out of the booth and we recorded it and our producer Sput was like, okay, that was, that's cool, you know, but I think a lot of people aren't going to get it. <laughs> He's just like, you know, you, you said a lot, but there's a lot of people who still, after all of those, all those bars, a lot of people still have not gotten your message. And so he's like, I want you to go back in and if you can, just just really just, you know, get to the heart of it, the the feeling, the emotion, the raw emotion. And I'm, I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, do you need some time to do it or whatever? I'm like, well, give me a second. And so I actually, um, there was two police-involved shootings the week before we recorded. And I didn't watch them because I was like, I can't, can't do this right now. And so at that moment, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll watch this. Um, and it was Philando Castile. That was enough. 
you know, I watched that and immediately went into the booth and, and the feelings that it stirred up, that's, that's what I said. And so, you know, like if I had had time to write it, I wouldn't have said, we've been here for over 200 years. I might've said we've been here for over three, 400 years, you know, because um, I, I would have wanted to be more accurate. So it's, it's really just like the raw emotion at that, at that moment. And I think it does, it does punctuate and it does, uh, what does Lauren Hill say? So even after all the intellect and theory, <laughs> I had a mother up, so you ignorant human. Yeah, exactly. That's funny, while you were saying that, that's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> Unearth me, I'm becoming worm feed, or something that birds eat, below the cemetery I'm buried. They have services for me, but nobody heard me, say my condition was temporary. So they were in mourning, the entire morning, the sky was crying too, it was pouring. And this is unnerving, my vision is blurry, my perfect suit not suited for burrowing. And this dirt really irks me, where I reach the surface, I shake it from my shirt in a hurry. Working quick, cause my mom must be worried sick, I told her I would be home early. Now am I a zombie, and is this a haunting, how is it that I'm still all in one piece, I'm unharmed, not at one arm. You're listening to Vocalo, I'm Jesse Menendez, my in-studio guest is Rico Sisney of Chicago-based hip-hop band Sidewalk Chalk. Where do you see your place in this political spectrum? I think the artist's place in general, I mean, we, we have the ability to critique. We have the ability to provide, yes, a release for people, but also, like, it can be, um, it's, it's, a, it's a platform where I, I might be able to say something to someone in a way that they actually hear it. Whereas if a pundit or a politician says it or, you know, somebody with a megaphone on the street or any, you know, it, it might not carry in the same way. So I think having a microphone put in front of me and a captive audience is like, OK, we'll, we'll listen to what you're going to say because you have this band that makes beautiful music. So we'll listen. Whether it's garbage or not, we'll hear it. Right. So I'm like, well, if you're going to listen, I might as well say something that's valuable, not just for me, but for you. And hopefully it, it, it moves us forward in some way. Considering that you're a prominent member of Sidewalk Chalk, how did your, I don't want to say newfound stance, but at least your desire to want to voice a little more explicitly sit with your bandmates? Oh, they're, they're all about it. <laughs> if anything, um, they've pushed me to be more direct. For example, that uh, again, with the Sweet for Black Lives, I wasn't, I didn't know about calling it a Sweet for Black Lives. You know, it sounds a little self-aggrandizing, you know what I mean? Or like, is this... How, how are we going to say that this is, you know, I don't know, um, but but really talking to the band and being like, look, this is this is the message that we're trying to convey. This is the moment that we're trying to speak to. This is what we're responding to in the first place. Like, let's go all the way. Let's make it so that everybody knows before they even click play exactly what what message we're trying to convey and, and whether they agree with it or not, they know what they're getting. You just talked about watching the Philando Castillo video and then getting right into the booth. As an artist, and you're a fantastic lyricist, so I, I know Thanks, you man. have no <laughs> problem putting together coherent thoughts exactly how you want them to to be composed. But as an artist and as a black man, as a human being, when you're thinking about these messages that you want to put out there, is it challenging to also think of it as a song, as as man, my people are dying in these streets, but damn, that doesn't rhyme with this word, so I gotta, I gotta rethink how I wanna say this. Sure. Is that a challenge? Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. I think, I, I was having a conversation about this last night with some friends who are all artists, and we were talking about how lucky we are that 
we have the means to process. Like a lot of people, people in my family, friends of mine, who don't have an outlet where they can just be like, let me go write this down and sort through my feelings. That stuff just stays there. It's bottled up. It comes out in another way. It comes out with you getting mad at somebody and you don't even know why you're angry. It's because PTSD. you haven't processed. Exactly, PTSD. And so sometimes the, the process, the aesthetic can, can be helpful because... It, it filters out certain things. It allows me to, to have a place that's very structured that um, is a vessel. So I think, I think it can go both ways. Sometimes I can't write on something when I first feel it. Sometimes it's like it's too much. It's too heavy. Like if I tried to write some like actual verse at that point instead of just really just kind of talking and kind of yelling, <laughs> I don't know how it would have come out. Part of what you're describing sounds like you're also unpacking it. You're writing these thoughts out, and on some level, I imagine it's, it's starting to make sense to you, or maybe it's not. Have sure. you been able to make sense of the lunacy that is <laughs> United States 2017? Man. <laughs> I know that's such a loaded question, but yeah. if we're talking about politics and if we're talking about relationships between police officers and communities of color. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, yes and no. I mean, it doesn't make sense, so I haven't been able to make sense of it. Um, but in terms of me having clarity despite very unclear murky circumstances i think i think there is something to that and 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 this writing process helping me do that also working with greenpeace and like i talk to thousands of people every month about literally about this political climate that we're in and and what are some like concrete steps you can take to feel better about it to do something about it to combat it so i think that i have a more optimistic viewpoint than a lot of people i know I've, you know, chopped it up with Trump supporters and I'm not just talking about somebody who voted for Trump in November and then was like, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> like, chopped it up with people who still 120 days or whatever in are like, yeah, this is my guy. And they're still bringing up Hillary, whatever, and, and really chopped it up with them and, and try to find common ground and be like, okay, so like, do we agree on this? Do we, I mean, do we agree that everyone should have clean water? Like, do, do we agree that that every human being um, should be treated with respect and dignity? Like, can we agree there? Okay, then like, how, how far can we pivot before suddenly we're at odds? Because clearly there's something, some rhetoric in which we strongly are, are, are in disagreement. And sometimes it's really, there's not that many things that we disagree on. It's just, you, you chose at the end of the day this peg, and I chose this other peg, and neither of them really fits us, but that's the best choice we had. And so, I don't know, I think there's some optimism there. I think most of us uh, are looking at this country right now like, yo, what are, what are we doing? What's going on? How did we get here? <laughs> Lit the candles, burn the incense, tried to clear my head, but I didn't. I was tranquil for a minute. Once again, my thoughts turned pernicious. I'm not afraid of much. Just got in the back of my eyelids. I know how crowded my mind is, how toxic, noxious, and violent. Not often do I sit in silence. I call my father for guidance. Picture a scene. Your left is a path that gets you to peace. To your right, they fight viciously, and I'm in between. Who taught you to hate yourself? Made it too hard to embrace yourself. Try to move on, but too scarred and can't get help. You are listening to Vocalo. I'm Jesse Menendez. My in-studio guest is Rico Sisney from Chicago's Sidewalk Chalk. The album is An Orchid Is Born. Talk to me about that title. It doesn't sound coincidental. It doesn't sound like something that just sounded good together or on an album cover. And orchid is a very specific plant um, for what I know of having tried to to care for one. It's a very oh, yeah. temperamental plant and demands care. Yeah, that um, that came out of... It's funny. It's funny you said it doesn't seem like an incidental thing. It, it actually came out of um, 
uh, Josh, our bass player, m- mishearing a lyric in a song. And then he wrote that, and he's like, man, that would be a great album title. And we started talking about all, you know, he, was, he suggested all these reasons and, uh, and the references to these different themes and the perennial uh, aspect of an orchid, the fact that it goes through these cycles, the fact that, you know, it might look like it's dead. And then suddenly it's beautiful. Um, just, just when you have maybe given up on it, that idea, the idea of, um, of stage is how, how it's fragile on one end, but on the other hand, it's really, really resilient. Um, and on this album, we talk so much about growth. There's this cyclical nature to it. Even, even like when we talk about our current political climate, it's nothing new, really. You know, it should, we, we've done this like a bunch of times. So there's a lot to our situation right now um, that that statement calls upon, but also just a lot in the music itself. And ultimately, he misheard a line <laughs> and, and went in really, really hard on it. But as soon as we started talking about it, it just it made so much sense that we didn't even feel the need to adjust to make it fit sure. the actual lyric. So 16 tracks on this album, quite the lofty undertaking. What goes into track selections? And I ask that because I've been told that the internet has made our minds unable to process entire albums and that we can only consume in single form. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too to think about it from that perspective, like in terms of consumption and how people digest it. Because I think there's that, but then there's the other end where people like, you know, like I don't have the time to watch a movie, but I'll watch 30 shows on Netflix. Or like, you know, I don't want to listen to an album, but I'll listen to like a 60 song playlist kind of thing. So there's, there, I think we're kind of, we get both on the consumption end. Like, and so like Life of Pablo and those kind of albums where they're just super long and you might just keep subbing in a different song. On our end though, it, it really was just about like, t- is it cohesive? You know, have, have, we, have we told the whole story? And believe it or not, even with 16 songs, there were some that we were like, nah, it's not going to make the cut. You know, um, and so we we wrote a lot of these in in one session um, down in Alabama in a cabin, a friend of ours uh, out in Watumpka. It was, you know, he he had a cabin, and so we had a few days off and and spent a bunch of time just in a room, almost on like a nine to five type of type of vibe, and um, and wrote a bunch of the music, and over the next few months compiled it, put it together, and um, once we felt like we had a really coherent piece. We, we, we put it out and I think that um, there was definitely that question of like yo is this too many songs like should we should we trim it down but it, it does feel it feels like it tells the whole story so. yeah. one of the things that I found really interesting I listened to this whole thing front to back a couple of times is that you all gave each other space to do you hmm. there are songs that you don't even rap on there are songs that are just your uh, your bandmates going to town with their instruments talk about what that meant for each of you as as players in this group and what does that say about sidewalk chalk that y'all gave each other that little room to marinate it's it's cool it's like the way that everybody collaborated on that um is 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 pretty indicative of how we work it's, it feels like a team like a like a sports team you know what I mean? <laughs> like not not like in an off, office lingo type of word where hey yeah. we're we're a team synergy right <laughs> but literally like um you know, we all have our strengths, we all play them. And uh, and so on this album, there was so much shared uh, responsibility in terms of the writing. Like a lot of those songs where, you know, there's a song where it's just Sam playing Rhodes and singing. And he, he sent us that, you know, and it, it, it seemed perfect for, for the content. And we were like, yeah, we don't need to add anything to that. We don't need to change it. Let's keep it exactly that way. Songs like Take the Time, 
that was brought in by Josh. Um, I brought in Dig. Sweet for Black Lives was originally an idea by Maggie. Like everybody is bringing in uh, these different seeds and you know, no pun intended. And, and it really did, uh, it just, it, it came very naturally. There was no point where we were like, oh, we need to have a, a place for, for Josh to have a little space or, or to, to showcase himself. It just came really organically. I like that. Well, congratulations. The album is fantastic. Thank you, sir. Once again, an orchid is born by Sidewalk Chalk. Rico, thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Patrol.